This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Uh, on the line with us is Mark Silverthorne. He's a nationally recognized expert on the Canadian collection industry. He spent 12 years as a collection lawyer working for some of the country's largest collection agencies and at one point was sending out more collection letters than any other lawyer in this country. I had to laugh, Mark, when I read that. <sighs> Um, he, it was interesting too, reading about your epiphany that you had after, uh, after which you decided to represent consumers struggling with debt. And back in 2010, Mark wrote a book called The Wolf at the Door. What to do when collection agencies come calling. And then in October of 2019, you retired from the practice of law. Passion for helping Canadians with debt problems continued. And on March 1st of this year, he launched Debt Coach Silverthorne, an online consulting firm aimed at empowering Canadians struggling with debt. Uh, that was so interesting to read, Mark, and I'm so looking forward to this segment with you. Uh, so welcome, welcome, welcome. It's wonderful to be here. Great. Well, thank you, Mark. Um, as Elaine said, I'm really excited to have you as a guest today on, on the program. Um, and I'm really excited because I know you've been doing a lot of work on financial education lately and putting together um, some pretty detailed YouTube videos, uh, really aiming to shed some light on, I think, some parts of the industry where it's maybe not as well understood as it should be, you know, what the players are doing, how it all structures, and what's in the best interest of consumers. So I saw your most recent YouTube video with the pretty provocative title, Is Credit Count? Counseling for Suckers, um, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, so I wanted to start off with a bit of the definition. So what do you mean when you talk about credit counseling? You know, what types of organizations provide the services, and what services do they actually provide? Well, uh, credit counseling is one debt relief option that is available to Canadian consumers, and essentially what happens is when a person signs up for credit counseling, they are going to repay 100% of their current outstanding principal and interest owing to some of their creditors. Plus, they are going to pay a fee to the credit counseling agency. And they're going to be making monthly payments over a period of five years. There so are two different... Consumer, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Yep. Well, there are two different uh, entities that offer credit counseling. There's one group that are nonprofit, and there's another group that are, I guess you would call them independent or for-profit. I guess from the perspective of the consumer, it doesn't really matter which of these entities that you sign up for credit counseling. You're, you're essentially getting the same service. So an indebted consumer would go to see a credit counselor. They'd say, I've got all this debt on a bunch of different credit cards, student loans, income taxes, whatever. The credit counselor uh, would try to work out a plan where they pay everything off. They hopefully get a break on the interest and all that has to happen inside of five years. Is that a fair summary of how a credit counseling plan would work? Well, 
one of, one of the issues with credit counseling is what debts are available to be put into a credit counseling plan. Number one, uh, there's no obligation on the part of creditors to agree to have one of their debts included in an individual's credit counseling plan. And so there are organizations like uh, finance companies that routinely refuse to have their debts included in a consumer's credit counseling plan. And then there's all, there are certain categories of debt that are not permitted to be included in a credit counseling plan. And that would include monies owing to the government, so income tax, student loans, and also secured debt so that more you know if you owe money on your mortgage or if you if you know you've you've got a secured car loan then those debts cannot be included in your credit counseling plan right so in, in the example i was i was giving there the credit counselor would say you know yeah i can help you with the credit cards you know let let's see if we can do an interest freeze on that. But the student loans, the income taxes, that's just going to have to continue to get paid is what it sounds like, right? Correct. Okay. And then, Mark, in your video, um, you said, you know, at your recent YouTube video, credit counseling can be the most expensive way to eliminate your debt. And I imagine that would surprise some listeners because most of the time when you hear about credit counseling, it's, hey, you're in a tough spot. Um, you know, this is going to be the best way for you to get out of debt. It's going to save you a bunch of money. Your contention is that it's well, actually one of the more, more expensive ways. And you've said there's five buckets that your payments can fall into inside a credit counseling plan. Can you take me through that, how the payments work and why you think this is the most expensive way to eliminate debt? Right. Well, let's start with the five buckets. So bucket number one is you're paying 100% of the principal and interest that you owe to your creditors on the date of your enrollment into credit counseling. The second bucket is the fees that are paid to the credit counseling agency. Now, I live in Ontario, and under Ontario law, a credit counseling agency is entitled to charge an, an additional 15% of whatever debt is included in a debt settlement plan as administrative fees. Mm-hmm. Number three, it is possible that some interest that is accruing on some of the debt that's included in the debt in the credit counseling plan. Uh, So what credit counseling uh, agencies do is they negotiate with a person's creditors to get interest forgiveness during the life of the credit counseling plan. But they can't can't guarantee that. So a person who signs up for credit counseling may be paying some interest during the life of their plan. So the credit counselor has to go kind of case by case with each of the debts and say, hey, will you agree to an interest freeze? And some just might not. And then the the individual might still be stuck paying the interest on that debt. That's correct, right? Okay, correct. Now, payment, uh, bucket number four, you are not going to be able to include all of your debts in your credit counseling plan. So any creditor who says, no, 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 you can't include that, and your bank may say, you can't include that debt in your credit counseling plan because we want you to borrow the money. Or, you know, we want, you've got equity in your home. We want, you to, we want you to borrow the money and pay the debt. Or the finance company may say, we're not going to allow you to include that debt 
in the plan, or there's certain categories of debt, like secured debt or monies owing to the government that you cannot include in a credit counseling plan. And finally, if you've been sued, or if your wages are being garnished, then you know um, doing credit counseling is going to be of no benefit to you. You know, in contrast, if you were to do a consumer proposal, that would stop any wage garnishments. So, so just focusing there for a second, Mark. So you've been sued on your debts. You go in and see a credit counselor. There's, there's nothing that credit counselor can do in regards to those debts that you've been sued on. Is, is that right? Yeah, they, they, they're, they don't have any leverage in, in terms of, in, in, in terms of stopping the lawsuit or stopping the wage garnishment. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, what would you estimate it, it costs people if they're going through a credit counseling plan, um, you know, to eliminate a dollar of debt, you know, considering these fees and, you know, we don't know other debts that may or may not be included. But in general, what would be your estimate of something going through someone going through a credit counseling plan? How much should they be expecting to, to repay on their debts? Well, I'm going to say somewhere between in order to eliminate one dollar of your existing debt, like today, if you were to sign up for credit counseling, there is a, you're going to be paying 100% of what, of what your current outstanding interest and in, in principal is. You're also going to be paying fees to the credit counseling agency, which can add another 15%. Plus, you're, you may have uh, interest that is not going to be forgiven on, on debts included in the credit counseling plan. And then you're going to have some of your debts which may not be included in your credit counseling plan. So I estimate that it could be anywhere between a cost, any, a consumer, anywhere between $1.15 and $1.30 to eliminate $1 of your existing debt. And wow. that, that is the worst debt relief option that is available to Canadians. It is the most expensive debt relief option. Well, and, and that's a bold statement, but I, I think your math, your math backs it up. So if, if you're someone who can't afford to pay your debts, you know, paying off them in full plus 15 to 30 cents extra on the dollar, you know, how can that be your best option? And you're, you're saying, Mark, it's not your best option. It's actually your worst option in many cases. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's very there's there's I would say probably only you know less than five percent of people who are signing up for credit counseling probably should be doing it, and ninety five percent of people who have signed up for credit counseling, you know, they they are not being well served. They would have had better options in terms of eliminating their debt. Mm-hmm. Now, Mark, I know we're going to hold you over for a second segment here. We want to talk about, you know, the other alternatives to credit counseling and how they compare. Uh, but I was just curious from a regulation point of view, and I know we hadn't planned to talk about this, but I, I thought Ontario a few years ago, they changed some regulations around credit counselors that, you know, essentially made them similar uh, to collection agents. Are you able to speak to that? You know, does that make sense, the way Ontario regulates credit counselors these days to make them akin to a collection agent? Well, I mean, you can go on the Ontario government's website and it will list all of the firms that are 
have to be registered as a collection agency in the province. And any firm that is a credit counseling agency must be registered as a collection agency in Ontario. So you've got um, Credit Canada Debt Solutions is, has got 18 collection agency licenses in the province of Ontario because they have 18 separate physical locations. And Credit Canada Debt Solutions is one of the three largest credit counseling uh, agencies in Canada. I'm just going to step in here, guys, and uh, wrap up the segment. Yeah, uh, we've been talking with Mark Silverthorne, nationally recognized expert on the Canadian collection industry. Uh, his uh, the the videos, uh, the one specific video we've been talking about is credit counseling for suckers is available on YouTube site. So nice and easy to find. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Mark, for joining us today. Thank you very much. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We're continuing our interview with Mark Silverthorne. He's a nationally recognized expert on the Canadian collection industry, uh, spent many years as a collection lawyer, uh, and then saw the light and has dedicated the rest of his uh, working life to helping Canadians who are struggling with debt. Uh, the mantra for the company now, his new firm, online consulting firm, is empowering Canadians struggling with debt. Uh, and I just want to mention the website if, you'd, if you want to jot this down. It's debtcoachsilverthorn.ca and it's chock-a-block full of great articles as well as access to the YouTube videos of which we talked about in our first segment and we'll touch on again in this second segment. So welcome Mark, uh, welcome back to our second segment on the show. Blair? It's great it, It's great to be here. Great, thank you. Excellent. And Mark, yeah, so thank you. So in our first segment, I, I was really happy we went through, we discussed about credit counseling, discussed, you know, how you believe it's the most expensive way for a Canadian to eliminate debt. And it seems to be so, especially, I think, with the calculation of, you know, you're going to pay everything back plus 15 to 30 percent premium on top of that. Um, that's one of the more expensive ways for someone who can't even afford to pay back their debt to say they're going to be looking at, you know, even more than their balance is owing is not too encouraging, I think, for someone in that situation. So I thought for our second segment today, Mark, can we talk a little bit about how credit counseling compares to the alternatives? Because on dollars and cents, we're all about helping people understand, you know, here's the lay of the land, here's all the things you could potentially do, and then people can pick the best option that fits their circumstances. But what would you say are the different ways people can get out of debt, and how do they compare and contrast with doing a credit counseling plan? Well, one of the things that that what happens is that when a creditor assigns an account to a collection agency, in some circumstances, the they freeze the interest rate. So no interest is accruing. So in those circumstances, the consumer would be better off making monthly payments directly to the creditor or the creditor's collection agent. In contrast, if they were to do credit counseling, they would be paying a, a fee as much as 15% on top of the the debt that they are repaying to the to the creditor 
And I think that that's so unknown, Mark, that, that you know, once you're put into collections, you know, it's probably not the best day that you're having, but it might actually be a positive thing and that you might be going from a very high interest rate to a, some collectors, again, to your point, they're not charging interest. So if someone just had a single debt, if the collector's not charging interest, they're going to be better off dealing with that directly with the collector rather than going through a credit counselor where there'd just be fees tacked on top of it. That makes sense, right? Correct. Okay. And so other than that, so the, the uh, accounts in, in collections, but maybe there's no interest being charged, what other alternatives? If you've got a debt, you're having trouble paying it. Well, if, if you have not made a payment in six months on your account, then most creditors, they might consider accepting or negotiating a one-time lump sum payment for significantly less than the current outstanding balance of the settlement in full. And I mean, I've, I've, when I was a consumer lawyer, I negotiated settlements as low as 15 cents on the dollar. Uh, so, you know, that's certainly an option for people, particularly if they just have one or two debts. Now, some of the other options would be doing a consumer proposal uh, or seeing in, in, for, for individuals who do not have high incomes and do not have significant assets, in certain circumstances, it would be advantageous for a person to, do, uh, to file for personal bankruptcy. There's also the situation where if a, on an on a unsecured consumer debt, if a, limitation, if a provincial limitation period is expired, a person may be in a situation where they can avoid paying a penny to a creditor. And Mark, can you give just a, a quick overview to our listeners of what that limitation period means? You know, we talk about it occasionally on the show here as two years in BC is the statute of limitations. But for someone who maybe isn't familiar with that, what does that mean if a debt is statute barred or is beyond the two-year period or whatever terminology people would use? Well, essentially what it means is that if you're, it makes it difficult for, for, your, for your creditor to collect the money if they haven't sued you within that two-year period. Because if they were to sue you after the two-year period, then what you could do is file a defense and plead the expiry of British Columbia's two-year limitation period as a full and complete defense, and you should be successful. Now, Mm -hmm. if you were to be sued and you didn't file a defense, your creditor could get a default judgment against you. So, uh, you know, just because the two years go by doesn't mean that the debt goes poof. It, it gives you a defense that you can raise in a lawsuit. Right. And so that, that's really important if someone's, you know, in legal proceedings have been commenced against them, they better respond to them because even if they would have an open and shut case, it's, you know, this debt is, is too old, I can't be sued or I can't be forced to pay it uh, unless they're there to make that defense. You know, it's just obviously not going to fly. And that's actually, that's dovetailing into another topic I really wanted to talk to you about today, Mark, is another great video I saw in your on your channel. So we've been talking about is credit counseling for suckers. Uh, you had another video, which was what is the likelihood my creditors will sue me? And I get asked that question a lot um, at Sands and Associates here. Uh, I'm curious your, your take on it. So, you know, first off, what does it mean to be sued for a debt? And what are the scenarios where you might get sued if you owe somebody money and can't pay? Well, in when when a person is sued, it's, it's when, when the creditor... Uh, 
you know, prepares a, a legal document commencing a lawsuit, they file it with the court, and then, then you're served with it, and then you have so much time to file a defense, and if you don't file a timely defense, then your creditor will get a default judgment against you. Now, if you file a defense, then at some point there's going to be a trial, and your creditor will either be successful or not, and at any time during this process, you can try to negotiate a settlement with your creditor. And how often does that happen that someone owes some debt and they actually would get would get pursued with a with a legal legal remedy like you know like pursuing a judgment against them? Okay, well, I'll just sort of canvas some of the the highlights. Your creditor is going to be reluctant to sue you if the limitation period has expired. Mm-hmm. Creditors are reluctant, or, or creditors will not sue people for small amounts. So that if you're if you owe two or three thousand dollars to your creditor, the chances are they're not the creditor is not going to sue you. Now, creditors are much more likely to sue you if you own real property, and the reason why is because all they have to do is get a judgment against you and put a lien on your property, and they've essentially got a GIC in your property, and they'll get their money plus interest when you either refinance the property or you sell it. Now, the rest of what I'm going to talk about is is um, is in connection with people who don't own real property. Mm-hmm. Um, if If you've got a great job your creditor will be tempted to sue you because they would sue you, get a judgment against you, and then do a wage garnishment. And if you've got a great job, you're not going to quit your job. But let's say you've got a low-paying job and your a wage garnishment notice gets sent to your employer. Well, what people will typically do in that situation is they'll quit your job, and that ends the garnishment. Mm-hmm. So creditors are reluctant to sue people who have a job um, that's not a particularly high-paying job. And creditors will also be reluctant to sue people where the, where the consumer is paying child support under a court order, or if they've been sued by other creditors, or if they owe significant money to other creditors, or if they're unemployed, or if they're on social assistance, or if they're support themselves on a pension. So so I, I get a lot of panic calls of people saying, oh my gosh, I've been threatened with legal action. And I tell people, well, they're going to threaten 10,000 out of 10,000 people that owe money. But the actual people that get sued, to your point, Mark, it's the folks that have real estate, who have very stable employment, where you know a garnishee order would actually return some money. Uh, those would be the hallmarks of people that might have legal action taken against them. Other folks, much less likely. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you sort of some insights. I mean, I worked for 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 three or four of the largest collection agencies in Canada over a 12-year period. And I sent out hundreds of thousands of letters threatening to sue people. And I doubt if we sued one out of 100,000 accounts. Wow. So, I mean, if you get a letter from a collection agency or a lawyer uh, representing a collection agency threatening to sue you. Uh, I mean, chances are, like, the lawyer hasn't even read the file. I mean, it's just a form letter that goes out. 
So, you know, collection agencies are in the business of hounding people and they're trying to get the low hanging fruit. And it's just the, the economics of things. If creditors were to sue everybody who owed them money, they would lose money on their bad debt portfolio. And they're in the business of squeezing out, you know, maximizing their profit on their bad debt portfolio. So they cherry pick the files that they want to sue. But they'll threaten to sue everybody. And Mark, we're down to just our, our last couple minutes here, but I really want the listeners to have a chance to know how they can reach you and, and what your new focus is with Debt Coach Silverthorne. So would you be able to give a sense of, you know, what you're, what you're doing with Debt Coach Silverthorne, obviously how people can find these great videos and what type of assistance you might be able to provide? Okay, so our website is uh, debtcoachsilverthorne.ca. And our firm's mantra is empowering Canadians struggling with debt. And if you go on our website, we've got all kinds of articles that would be of assistance to people, uh, you know, struggling with debt. And we've also got, um, you can see all the videos that we've got up on the Debt Coach Silverthorne YouTube channel, including our most recent one is Credit Counseling for Suckers. And I also offer um, uh, one-on-one telephone consultations for people who, who think that they need a, a one-on-one telephone consultation. Great. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Elaine, I think we're, we're coming up on our time. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll wrap it up again. Uh, I would like to thank you as well, Mark, for, for being part of the show today. Uh, again, I'll just go over their website. It's debtcoachsilverthorne.ca, chock-a-block full of uh, great articles, as well as the YouTube videos that Mark was talking about, uh, give you some real insight. And, and the fact that the, uh, the company's mantra is empowering Canadians struggling with debt is, uh, maybe just up your alley. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. So this segment is all about the overwhelmingness of being in debt, uh, but also scared, right? I mean, I think that's what happens to folks in, in anything, getting overwhelmed, and then it's like, oh, what do I do now? Um, the thing about this segment is we're going to talk about bankruptcy with the premise that it's not it's probably not as bad as people think. Um, Blair and all of his staff at Sands and Associates talk with people a lot who have long delayed getting some professional debt help because they were worried about the negative in- uh, outcomes from bankruptcy, uh, unsure whether they qualified for help or didn't know where to turn. So let's debunk some of those common myths, Blair. What advice would you offer people who think they may have a debt problem. Where do you, how do you start with them? Well, the first thing I would say, Elaine, is don't fight that feeling. You know, if you think you have a debt problem, from my experience, you probably do, and you probably had one for a period of time, and you've just been kind of telling yourself, you know, it's going to get better, things are going to be different. But if you're starting to feel constant, overwhelming stress about your money or your finances, that's the number one warning sign. If you feel worried about it, odds are there's something that's causing those worries. There's some pretty classic other warning signs, things like only making minimum payments that are required to service your debt. Now, this might keep you with a very solid credit rating because you're never delinquent, 
payment, but you might just never get out of debt. Take a look at those credit card statements and see how many years it's going to take, even carrying a small balance. It's just huge. Uh, you know, quite often, things that point to a debt problem are just if you see that your debt balances are going up. You know, this year you owe more than last year, and it's more than the year before, and you find you're relying on credit or using payday loans to bridge the gap. Uh, and then some of the less typical ones, but things where, you know, I think you, you realize you're in a situation if you're starting to borrow from friends or family members to make your debt payments, you know, you're starting to involve people that mean the most to you because you're facing this difficulty. And then finally, I think anyone that's being sued for a debt or having their wages or their assets seized, um, that's a big warning sign that you've got an issue. It's something that's, you know, what I love about debt problems is every single one of them has a solution. Um, so it's not the case there's something, you know, new under the sun, this is something that we can't deal with, but it does require you to reach out and figure out what's available to help you. Yeah, and that's regardless of how hopeless you may be feeling about it, because that would be a, a very natural place for people to go to, I would think. Well, that, that's right. And one of the biggest things we start to teach people when they first come in and talk about bankruptcy is you might think, oh, my gosh, my situation is so severe, I owe $10,000. And someone might think their situation is so much more severe because they owe a million dollars. Bankruptcy doesn't matter at all the amount of debt that you have. So thinking that your situation is hopeless because you owe so much more money, that really doesn't figure into anything. The legal remedy is there uh, to help you get out of debt. And what you really need to know is who can help you, who can help you access this legal remedy and a licensed and Solvency trustee is the only professional legally empowered and endorsed by the government of Canada to help Canadians uh, restructure their debts using the laws that were written just for this purpose. You don't need a referral. You don't need to pay any upfront fees. You don't need to hire a lawyer. You just come directly to a trustee at no charge. They're going to explain to you all of your options, listen to your situation, help you find a solution to that debt problem. And you need to understand that a trustee is quite different than what you might see from a credit counselor or from an unlicensed debt consultant. Um, these are folks that don't have access to the same tools, don't have the same qualifications, uh, and might result in giving you advice. It's just not going to be the best for your specific situation. Okay. Um, I, I want to throw in here, too, you know, we talked about a licensed insolvency trustee. That's the path that, that folks should take for all that protection and all that good knowledge. Uh, and there's lots of ways that you can do that. And I'm just going to give you, first of all, the phone number, 1-800-661-3030. That's to call Sands & Associates. They have offices all over the province. Uh, and check out their website as well, sands-trustee.com. It's filled with great questions and answers uh, for you to help you make a better decision or a faster decision possibly as well. I like, I like the idea, um, uh, about being proactive and how important it is to be proactive when it comes to debt and, and might be one of the hardest things to do, but it's one of the best things. Well, that's exactly right, Elaine. And the more proactive you are, the less you're going to suffer and for the least amount of time. It's about a two-year period from when people decide or determine they have a debt problem until they're finally in our door, you know, feeling comfortable moving forward. And to a person, they all say, I wish I hadn't waited that long. I wish I had reached out earlier, realized I'm going to have a positive, empathetic conversation with a professional that wants to help me. But there's a lot of fear that people have or just some misconceptions. You know, you don't have to be delinquent in all of your accounts to restructure your debts. In fact, upwards of 70% of people that file a bankruptcy actually have excellent credit. They don't miss any payments. They're not subject to collection activities. They just look at their situation, realize, I'm making minimums. I'm never going to get out of this debt. I need to do something different. Right. So let's talk about the actual process, Blair. How, um, what is personal bankruptcy if someone were to think about filing for it? Yeah, so quite simply, personal bankruptcy is a federally legislated legal process 
It allows you to be absolved from all of your debts in the event that you're unable to repay your financial obligations. So in the law, it's structured for the honest but unfortunate person who's had circumstances change and left them in a very tough financial position. The eligibility to file for bankruptcy is pretty straightforward. You have to owe at least $1,000 and not be able to pay that debt as it becomes due. Now, nobody files bankruptcy for $1,000, but people do for $10,000, definitely $20,000, $30,000. The average is about $40,000 to $60,000 of debt, but the minimum is just $1,000. And only a licensed insolvency trustee is able to help you evaluate all of your options, help you figure out how that bankruptcy process is going to work. Now, typical in Canada, each province does things differently. How does one do that here in British Columbia? Well, in the province of BC, uh, you just reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee and by dealing with a local professional, you know that they're up on all the local regulations, all the various exemptions you're allowed to keep if you were to go through a bankruptcy. Those do vary. But when you're filing bankruptcy in BC, for the most part, it's a voluntary process. So very few people have to qualify or get rejected. Actually, nobody gets rejected from a bankruptcy, but very few people get forced into a bankruptcy by their creditors. In general, they sit down, they work out with a trustee, um, and then once they filed the bankruptcy, all of the collection activities against them have to stop. So they get relief from their creditors. Nobody can pursue them. They just deal directly with the trustee from there. Can I ask you about how private this process is? Because, uh, uh, yeah, how private is it, Blair? Much more private than people would generally think. So it's less than 1% of bankruptcies ever have any public notice in the newspaper. Um, there's over 100,000 bankruptcy proceedings typically in a year in Canada, uh, and very few of them ever appear in newspapers. So generally, the only people that are notified of a bankruptcy filing are obviously the individual who's doing the filing, the people who are not going to get paid and have to stop collecting. They have to know that they've got it back off at that point. And then my regulator, the superintendent of bankruptcy, is aware. That's generally it. There's no need to call people's employers. There's no need to make neighbors or family members, you know, even spouses, I definitely encourage people to be very open with their spouse, especially if they're going through such a significant financial challenge, but it's not a requirement. One spouse could file a bankruptcy and the other spouse might not even have to be aware of that proceeding. So, and that leads me to, okay, what's the cost involved? Do I have to be concerned about that or, or not talking about that with my partner? Well, in terms of the cost, it's almost always a whole lot less than what you're ever being asked to pay on your debts, and it's for a much shorter period of time. So all trustee fees are set by the federal government and regulated by Industry Canada. For a basic bankruptcy, about 80% of proceedings, the cost is normally $1,800 in total. And the way Sands & Associates works is we don't ask anybody to have that up front. That would just be absurd. Someone who's going through financial difficulties come up with $1,800, but you pay it over time. So when you file for bankruptcy, it's usually a nine month process. And during that period, you're not going to be paying any of your debts. You're asked to pay $200 for those nine months to the trustee. And that includes everything in the bankruptcy proceeding, all the administration, the counseling sessions, getting you to the point where you can be discharged nine months later, leaving all that debt behind. You've answered so many good questions in this segment about bankruptcy. Are there a couple of myths, common myths that, that sort of get in the way from somebody from considering bankruptcy as a solution that we could address in the last couple of seconds here? 
Oh, absolutely. There's a couple of really classic ones I think we should we should try to knock off. So number one is that you lose everything if you go into personal bankruptcy. And that's completely untrue. Most people keep all of their assets when they file a bankruptcy because there are provincial exemptions that say you're allowed to keep a vehicle, you're allowed to keep clothing, tools of the trade, all of those things, even a home there's an exemption for. So you don't lose everything. Uh, second one is the bankruptcy is a permanent mark on your credit. It's not. Most people recover to have a better credit rating within two to three years after finishing the bankruptcy. And finally, people think that you can't do anything with tax debt. We can deal with tax debt. We do it every day of the week. So bankruptcy can solve just about every problem, including a tax problem. And that's probably one of the number one reasons why a licensed insolvency trustee in this country is the path to go for bankruptcy, the only path to go for bankruptcy, uh, because they handle all those kinds of things. And listen, if you've got more questions, and we totally get that you might, uh, check out the website if that helps. It's sans-trustee.com. They've got lots and lots and lots of questions and answers, uh, and might help you make, uh, you know, make that call and that call number, that phone number, one eight. 800-661-3030. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. So this segment is all about reasons to make paying off debt a priority. And I love this segment, Blair, because we've got some good reasons uh, why it is such a good idea to make debt-free a really good goal. Um, being debt-free Probably not easy for everybody to grasp that idea who are right in the middle of it. Um, and I know there's some things that people think about, like, oh, if I only make minimum monthly payments. Now, the good news about this segment is Blair is going to um, share lots of food for thought on why it's almost always in your best interest to make getting out of debt a top priority. So let's get started, Blair. Do you do you find that most people have an ideal strategy uh, at their fingertips when they're thinking about paying off their debt or trying to pay off their debt? Yeah, thanks, Elena. That's a good question. And it's tough to give a strong answer to that or just a, a certain answer because there's so many variables into what's an ideal strategy. It really does vary from person to person, circumstance to circumstance. Uh, but I meet with people every day and what they're looking for are some professional insights and advice on how they can do better. They can better manage their debts, get to a debt-free uh, state maybe sooner than they had thought. And there's a lot of challenges that can really impact someone's best laid plans. And in my experience, a lot of the time, a debt problem is something that really sneaks up on you. You might think that everything is just fine, you're making all your minimum payments, but then an unexpected event or a situation makes debt either near impossible to consider servicing, or it shifts things, leaving people trapped in a debt cycle where they've had to use credit, you know, just to get by during a tough time. What we found as we, as we studied our client base each year is four out of the five top main causes of people being in debt and needing our services, they're considered outside of an individual's control. So things like illness, injury, or health-related problems, that was about 14% of people, um, overextension of credit due to costs of living outpacing income. So we're all seeing a bunch of inflation these days, and it's only going to continue and then marital or relationship breakdown, as well as job-related or job loss. So each of those situations, you know, losing your job, getting sick, having a relationship breakdown, you know, a lot of the times those are things that are outside of your general control, and they can have, you know, a very significant uh, financial impact upon you. And what we usually find is a lot of people tend to really turn inwards. They, they look to themselves, they start to, you know, work a ton of extra hours, they try to cut every expense that they can, and oftentimes those are good strategies, but they're often just not sufficient to deal with a very significant debt, uh, debt situation. 
So what are the what are the strategies that you pe- that you see people uh, trying to use? I mean, we know the ultimate um, idea is to you know go see a licensed insolvency trustee, look at a consumer proposal, look at bankruptcy, really look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. But what are some of the things that people try to do? Yeah, well, we, we talked about, you know, sometimes they try to cut expenses and just work more. And, you know, that can be a good strategy to an extent, as long as you can you know, handle it and not burn yourself out. But some of the less productive things people tend to do is they often try to borrow from friends or family with the idea of, let me just get this bank off my back. I'll pay back mom, dad, brother, sister, something like that, and it'll be easier. Uh, sometimes they apply to increase their credit limits or they start to just incur new credit like payday loans with the idea, I'm just going to borrow more this month, make all the minimums and hopefully get it under control. Uh, sometimes people start to use their assets to pay down debt. You know, in some cases, you know, yeah, if you've got some, uh, you know, call it Bitcoin, for example, and a couple of weeks ago, you, yeah, it was worth a lot and you could sell it to pay off your debt. That's great. That's an asset that should be sold to pay debt. But sometimes it's things like your retirement funds, um, you know, your RRSPs, money you put away to save yourself in retirement. Sometimes people are cashing in those assets to pay debt. And that's just a very bad decision in almost every case. Uh, I want to throw in here too, Blair, that if somebody's all, just heard this, the beginning of this segment and went, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm already doing two of those things or three of those things. Um, here's a call to action for you. Give Sands and Associates a call. Uh, it's very easy to do. And there's somebody there that's going to give you a hand in trying to figure out the best next step. And that phone number, 1-800-661-661. 3030 uh, and to book an appointment. Um, one of this, or one of the things about the, the strategies that you just mentioned too, is that it's not always super obvious that they're going to work or not work for folks. Well, that, that's right. You know, in some cases, you think you're, you're doing the right things and you just don't realize, you know, how costly this new debt that you're taking on is going to be. Um, sometimes, you know, you're consolidating debt to a single credit card. And you don't realize the transaction costs of that are actually quite significant. You've just increased your debt. Um, and things like, you know, if you were to get a cosign or a borrow from friends, friends and family, the unintended consequences is now you've added an emotional layer to what was just the financial transaction before. That's a whole lot more difficult to let down somewhere you feel that emotional emotional connection if you can't pay them as opposed to a bank where it's just been a strictly commercial relationship. And you, and you are, in fact, one of those debt as experts in terms of helping people figure stuff out. What are some of the reasons that you find that, or that people come up with um, and that you why you encourage them to focus on being debt free, like why that's a number one priority for folks, or at least it should be? Yeah, great question, Elena. And it's really something that listeners should, should kind of focus on. I think it really makes sense here. Is, you know, number one, why you want to be debt free is debt is expensive. You know, anytime you borrow, you're going to be paying back more than the amount that you borrowed. And some types of debt can just be outright unaffordable. It can trap you in a cycle of just paying the interest cost each month and never actually paying down the balance. Um, you know, some of the top worst offender types of debts are credit cards, and it can be even worse if it's a cash advance, because oftentimes uh, you're charged interest right from the day you borrow it, or as I mentioned, if you consolidate with a balance transfer, sometimes there's even a transaction fee of a few percent, which can be significant. Uh, payday loans, I've 
often said are kind of the worst of the worst, a two-week payday loan can be an interest rate of about 400% on an annual basis. Again, they've got this special exemption from the criminal code. They can charge more than anybody else. Um, so payday loans can just be incredibly expensive. And then things like CRA or tax debt, while their interest rate is not typically as high as a credit card or definitely not a payday loan, the penalties uh, for non-compliance, for non-filing can be quite significant as well. So one main reason, debt costs you a lot of money. You need to get out of it. Yeah, and I know you've got a, a good list of other reasons uh, why you encourage people to focus on that debt-free idea. Yeah, you know, another one is you want to maximize your income. When you're borrowing money now, you're taking away money from your future self. And you spend a minute thinking about that. The money you're getting now is money that you won't have in the future to spend on what you want. It's money you're going to have to pay back to your creditor. So that can really compromise, you know, your future goal of saving for a home or a retirement. So a lot of times when people come into us, they want to get their debt under control because they do have goals for the future. And they know they're just not going to be able to reach them if their income is continually being reduced because of all these interest payments just seem to go up. We've got so, such good information uh, in this segment, and I want to just sort of skip a little bit ahead because I think this is a really important question to ask people or for people to ask themselves. Are there situations where you would not advise somebody paying off, uh, paying off a debt, making that a priority for someone? Yeah, I'm so happy you took us there, Elaine, because there are a couple situations where, yeah, debt shouldn't be your number one concern. Uh, one that makes a whole lot of sense is if your debt interest rate is pretty low and you have no emergency savings. The number one thing that sends the tend to tend to send people running through our door is something's happened with their finances and they've just got no safety net. So you do want to have some savings set aside. Usually, um, you know, at looking at your expenses, about an amount that would cover three to six months is ideal. But even having a thousand dollars in savings can make a big difference if there's a cash crunch, like a car repair, a dental emergency, unexpected day off work. So you got to start small if you're going to get there. So that's one. Uh, and then a second is if your debt is essentially just your mortgage and you need to focus more on retirement funds. I would ex- suggest you at that point, just continue to pay the mortgage, but start to put more money away for savings rather than paying down that debt aggressively. Cool. And is there is there other reasons? We just got about 30 seconds left. Is there one more that you want to make sure that you throw in there? Well, I think what people need to understand, too, is just when you consolidate debt, there are ways to do it without borrowing. So when I'm talking about you should get out of debt, consider that it doesn't mean that you've got to pay everything off in full. It doesn't mean you have to go to a bank to consolidate. Someone like a licensed insolvency trustee can help you with a proposal that will get you out of debt at a rate that you can afford. And this is where I come in, and this is how easy it is to get a hold of somebody at Sands & Associates. First of all, they have offices all over British Columbia. They do online meetings, and as we move through this pandemic, they're going to sit, uh, you'll be able to go and see somebody. Uh, Sands-trustee.com is the website. The phone number, 1-800-661-3030, to set up that consultation and to find an office near you. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.